Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Help on the Way podcast, where you're featuring October 30th, 1970, Woo. from the SUNY gym in Stony Brook, New York. I am your co-host, The Game, here with my fellow co-hosts, Knob and Fig. Let's give them an old Fig Hates New Riders of the Purple Sage. Hello, friends. <laughs> That is incredibly positive opener to today's episode. <laughs> you told me you had a little secret prepared, but I didn't think it was just going to be slandering me in my. Uh, hey, it's not slanderous. It's true. That is true. That is a complete defense to slander. Um, yeah, there's no real interest for me in New Rogers of the Purple Sage. Uh, Jerry on pedal steel is kind of cool, but uh, that doesn't take me that far. One might and be wondering. Go ahead, Nama. I do apologize. Oh, I was going to say, the reason we're talking about the new writers of the Purple yes. Sage, take it away, game. <laughs> um, Welcome is... to our new per- podcast, the Purple yes. Sage podcast. This is the new writers of the Purple Every Sage Every week, we're going to discuss their cover of Honky Tonk Women. <laughs> oh, God. It was like just cats just screaming in the middle of the night. Um, no, the reason we bring up uh, new writers is because... Um, the show we are featuring today, October 30th, 1970, um, is sort of a little bit of a strange show. Yeah. Um, new writers of the uh, Purple Sage um, joined the boys, um, and it was, um, they did, I guess it was what, two whole shows, right? Yeah, an early show and a late show. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and New Writers was the opening band of each show. So there was a new writer set, a Grateful Dead set, new writer set, Grateful Dead set, and uh, most of the recordings of said show have the new writer sets included. Um, and in our reviewing process this week, we listened to some of that set, and not for us, <laughs> <laughs> not for us, that's for sure. Well, I did not- listen to the song that you liked. Um, what was the Honky one that you, you called out? No, not Honky Tonk Women. I did not listen to that. Oh, um, Six Days on the Road. Yeah, that one was okay. And then I saw that they did a song called Superman, and I was like, well, this can't be awful. It's about Superman. And uh, I was uh, mistaken on that point. And, and it was mm. awful. You're telling me it wasn't <laughs> Superman? It was none of that. Before we head into the main event that is known as October 30th, 1970... We are, of course, going to start off with our Channel 6 News segment, and we only have one bulletin this week. However, it is a quite important bulletin. Yeah. Uh, one Bobby Weir uh, has celebrated his 77th birthday on um, October the 16th, um, and I believe... I don't know if I actually saw any pictures of him doing any birthday stuff um, this year on the Instagram. But, I'm sure uh, there was some yoga involved. Oh, yes. Yes, I'm sure there All right, was. So he's only 76. I just did I was just going to say, I looked at the number and I was like, I don't think he's 77. I, uh, the, the, the initial one was mental math. Uh, yeah, and then, it was too uh, on brand for me to be the one to go. Um, I actually don't think that's correct. So I'm glad you <laughs> felt that way, Fig. I'm, I'm glad you ran it through your spreadsheets. It came out to, uh, it's 76. It's 76, yeah. 
Bobby, we do apologize for giving you one more year uh, than you have earned so far. Happy 76th birthday, Bobby. Um, yeah. And is he still on tour, Knob? Is he still out there right now? Uh, no, the Wolf Brothers tour wrapped up. Uh, I know they have their New Year's dates coming up uh, a couple months from now in December. Oh, and they're also doing their it. Capitol Theater run uh, in mid-December. So, Cap Theater, New Year's, dead ahead. So, yeah, Bobby has... Yeah, he's um, got a good pack schedule. Yeah, yeah, I would say I'm so. I'm going to try and I see one say. of those Cap shows. I don't know which or if it will actually happen, but I'm going to try. How many, um, off the top of your head, do you know how many he's doing? I mean, it helps I, that I have his website pulled up, but he's doing five oh. nights at the Cap. <laughs> uh, the 12th through the 17th. Awesome. Fun. Fun, fun, fun. Is that Wolf Bros? I think it'll be cool. Yeah, Wolf Bros with gotcha. the Wolf Pack. I oh, saw him for the first... Yeah, my first time seeing Bob Weir and the Wolf Bros, as the, the eagle-eared viewers will recall, uh, was earlier this year in February, also at the Capitol Theater. So I think it'd be cool to see him at the Cap again. Nah, but I I've been there that... once, so now I can call it the Cap. Yeah. <laughs> Earlier stripes. I know that um, J-Rad's coming around East Coast soon. Uh, yes. They'll be in Bethlehem in November. I think they'll be in Philly in November. I'm sure they'll be in New yep. York. Do you have Do you have any uh, you know plans to see J Red this this week? I'm going down to DC to see them in November. Oh, random! They initially, just announced the DC show. <laughs> I have some friends who live down there, and I was like, yeah, "I'll grab tickets. I'll go visit some friends. It'll be a nice time." And then, like three weeks later, they announced a show in Philadelphia, and I'm like, "Okay." But I'm excited. I'm going to go down to D.C. and see them. I think it'll be cool. Uh, I, I'm always happy to see J-Rad. And I honestly don't Hell think yeah. I've gotten to see them since the January Brooklyn Bowl shows, which is, it's been a while for me, for someone who loves J-Rad as much as I do. Yeah. Actually, I'm looking, and they, they're not heading up to New York. They will be in Philly no. on the 17th of November, and they'll be in Bethlehem. Oh, if, I, they were do, might... if they were doing New York, I'd do New York. I would say, yeah. hey, sorry. But uh, yeah, no, just Bethlehem, Philly, and and DC. Cool. All right, moving on to our main event this week, October thirtieth, nineteen seventy, at the SUNY Gym in Stony Brook, New York. This was a Friday night. Um. Yeah, and we will just go into the sets here. Um, we're not going to discuss the new writer sets, uh, but we are going to discuss to discuss rather the late or the early and the late shows. So um, first things first, we're going to start with the early show on October thirtieth, nineteen seventy. Kicked off with cold rain and snow into trucking, sugar magnolia. Next time you see me, me and my uncle. Drums, good lovin', another drums, Cumberland Blues, <laughs> good lovin', and it wrapped up with Casey Jones. Uh, Fig, what were your thoughts on show one? Show one was a good show. Uh, start off with Cold Rain and Snow. And by the way, I just have to say, uh, welcome back, everybody. This is our first show together in quite some time. So it's true. happy it's to have a little bit. Yeah, it's been a little bit. Happy to have y'all back. Uh, did a little quickie episode uh, last week that um, hopefully sufficed uh, for the fans. But um, 
we're not going to do it all that often, but just people's schedules got in the way. So um, I'm going to start with, if my dog will let me, because she thinks it's playtime, <laughs> Cold Rain and Snow. My immediate reaction was just, God, Jerry's voice sounds incredible. Uh, awesome, some nice fill work on Cold Rain and Snow. I really did like that version. So we get into trucking number one. I thought this was well sung by Bobby with a lot of emphasis and a lot of just power in his voice. Uh, there was a sweet and beautiful sounding jam in the middle. And this is kind of like an Almond Brothers, you know, era of, of the band. I feel like they were kind of playing similar in style to that. You know, they kind of had like a southern kind of feel to their uh, jams all throughout the night. Sugar Mags was fun and poppy. Next time you see me, I actually like the harmonies on this one a lot. Um, but it did sound like I've heard this one before, uh, especially Pigpen's harmonica solo. It's just not too much variation, I guess. Um for uh for a song like this but i did like jerry's solo and jerry kind of sounded like eric clapton um just did some really nice kind of licks and just his use of space reminded me of clapton and doing a blue solo as well so that was kind of cool uh me and my uncle was just decent uh good loving was a is that is that where matt good loving or my yeah good loving yes. it was a fast rockabilly style um, I, I wrote Jesus Billy. He sounds like Ginger Baker. Um, mm. and it might just be because at that point I didn't realize that there were two drummers. Um, and maybe they were both drumming at the same time, but they were just, I mean, just, it was just interesting and it was fast and it was, uh, you know, some, some pretty cool grooves going on. Uh, drums I wrote as my dog knocks my guitar down and freaks herself out. Uh, drums I wrote in, um, Knobs droll style. I just uh, found the dictionary definition of the word drum, which is a percussion instrument sounded by being struck with sticks or the hands, typically cylindrical, barrel shaped or bowl shaped with a taut membrane over one or both ends. This is I'm my podcast. I'm in the room. I'm here. <laughs> you would do it if you thought of it. That's, That's totally true. your style of thing to say. It's like That's true. I was taking offense to the word droll. Droll's a good thing. Oh, thank you. I mean, it can be a good thing. It's in vogue huh. to be droll, I believe. Um, all right, so Cumberland. It was just okay. Nothing really wowed me. And then we got back into Good Lovin'. Is that right? Yeah, wow. Yep. And um, I really liked the intro and the build. Uh, they just kind of kept going and going, and it, it was really cool to hear that. And then we had a nice groove uh, to the jam on that one, and we ended up with Casey Jones, which was an okay version of you know the hit single Du Jour. And so with that, I will kick it over to my friend, Nob. Sure. Um, thank you. I wasn't huge on this show, truth be told. I, I think mm. it, it, there's very tight playing. There's no wrong note played. I just found it to be a very mellow show, especially mm. set one. Just every song was a little bit slower than I like to hear. Like, I, okay, we've been doing this podcast for two and a half years, or two years now, and I've been waiting to say this about an actual Grateful Dead show this entire time. More like dead and slow, am I right? Anyway, um, so, yeah, Cold Rain and Snow is kind of a mellow opener. I take offense but, to that. Yeah? No, not really. I just wanted to be that guy that takes offense to that. Of course. Yeah, I mean, the good lovin' was, like, double time, but other than that, everything felt a little... Just slow and not having quite the energy I want, especially out of Primal Dead. Um, so Cold Rain and Snow is, is a bit of a mellow opener, but it seems like Jerry puts all of that energy into his vocal delivery. 
The jam kind of attempts to explode, but just kind of fizzles out. It's not bad. None, none of the songs tonight are bad. I'm yeah. just not wowed by a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, Truckin' has a fun little tuning jam right before it. It kind of reminds me of the jam that Dead & Co. like to do before officially starting Truckin'. Um, it's a really tight rendition. Bobby mostly nails the lyrics. There's some tight harmonies. Some really tight snare work from Kreutzmann. Um, it's, it's too mellow to wow, but it is a really tight performance. Um, Sugar Magnolia's fun, some tight harmonies. It's, it's interesting. So this show was two days before American Beauty came out, the album. Um, and you can, thank you. Thank you. And you can kind of feel that at times. Cause like this Sugar Magnolia is much closer to the American Beauty version that I've probably ever heard the dead actually play. Um, again, some tight harmonies, some strong vocal delivery from Bob. I think Bob was really on all night in terms of his vocals. Um, they even included the backing vocals on the Sunshine Daydream part, which you very rarely get. The little do-do-do-do-do, which was fun. Um, the band doesn't quite agree how it ends, or maybe they don't know how it ends. Uh, but it's a fun rendition, nevertheless. Um... I love Next Time You See Me. Longtime listeners of the pod will know that. I say this every time Next Time You See Me comes up. Um, I really do enjoy the, the harmonies that Jerry adds to this song, even if it does kind of keep the song from growing. It stays in a relatively samey place the whole time. The mellower groove they're playing with this evening tends to really work here. Uh, Pig sounds great. He's singing really well. He's playing the harp well. Having a good time. Even me and my uncle is on the slower side. I don't know if I've ever heard of me and my uncle this slow. Um, It is worth it for what Jerry adds. I think that's really nice. Um, To me, the highlight of set one is the good lovin' sequence. Um, The the first good lovin' is incredibly fast, and nevertheless, they do not miss a beat. The drums are adding a lot. Pigpen sounds great. It, it's it's just a very different vibe to any good lovin' I've heard. I don't think mm-hmm. I've would like if this is how good lovin' always sounded, but I really enjoyed this rendition. Uh, my my notes say I'm gonna lose this fight considering there's ten minutes of drums in the middle, but I'm right. This good lovin' <laughs> is awesome. Um, I will say that the drums stay relatively samey for pretty much the whole time, but after. It probably takes them like eight minutes to go somewhere interesting, but once it goes there, it does get interesting, which is cool. Um, and then again, Cumberland is is similarly tight, if a little too mellow for its own good, though not as extreme as I feel about the rest of the set. Uh, it really gets cooking with with Jerry's solo. Um, I will say that this is a song where Phil's harmonies make me understand Fig's gripes about Phil's harmonies. <laughs> um, that being said, I don't Which think one? this is good, a bad Cumberland. Lovin'? No, oh, Cumberland. Cumberland. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'll I'll argue that they don't transition back into Good Lovin' so much as they end Cumberland Blues, and then there's like 15 seconds of daylight, and then they go into the beginning of Good Lovin'. Um, but that being said, yeah, the I, Good Lovin'. I was yeah. shocked when I was reading down the list, and they actually went back into Good Lovin', that, because that's not how I I recalled it happening. <laughs> Yeah, it just felt like they started another good lovin' after Cumberland finished. And there was a very Um, long intro on that second good lovin'. Yeah. You didn't really know what was happening. Yeah. No, not at all. 
Um, I do. They have a lot of fun with the jam going into Good Lovin' Two. Um, it's really cool. Very playful with a lot of <clears throat> with a lot of like stopping and starting, which is really cool to hear. Um, it's it's just a very playful rendition, which was a lot of fun. And I forgot to take a note about Casey Jones, but I know I listened <laughs> to it. Anyway, what did you think, game? Um, it was good. Um, I really enjoyed the Cold Rain opener. Uh, I did like trucking. Sugar Mags was great. I really enjoyed Next Time You See Me. Uh, I'm not always the biggest fan of Pigpen songs, uh, but Next Time was great. Uh, me and my uncle was okay. Uh, the drum solo was all right. Uh, Good Lovin' was great. Uh, Cumberland was great. And Good Lovin' was great. Uh, and Casey Jones was, was pretty good. Um, I, I don't have anything special wrote down for um casey jones um first show was really good um i'm not normally the biggest fan of primal dead and i really don't know if you'd even consider this primal dead um it's of the era but it doesn't yeah. sound it no it's i don't know i i felt like there was a kind of a garage band ish feel hmm. to tonight definitely yeah. moments but uh, no, I was very, very impressed with um, show one. Uh, show two kicked off with uh, Smokestack Lightning into Beat It On Down the Line, into China Cat Sunflower, I Know You Writer. Then we got Friend of the Devil, another truckin', uh, Candyman, It Hurts Me Too, uh, Dancing in the Streets, Big Railroad Blues, uh, St. Stephen, um, Not Fade Away, into going down the road feeling bad, back into not fade away, into a love light. Nob, what were your thoughts on show two? Sure. Um, I also don't love this set. <laughs> I, the big thing for me, okay, this is just a night where they're not really jamming too much. They're not even taking too many solos, and to me, me, with a handful of exceptions, they don't sound like the Grateful Dead. They do not mm. sound... Obviously, it's the same players. Obviously, it is the Grateful Dead. No other band in 1970 is doing covers of China Cat Sunflower. But for the most part, this doesn't sound like what I come to the Dead, especially Primal Dead, for. This isn't a bad thing. You just have to kind of judge this show on its own merits. And well, I had a I hard... Wonder... I'll just push back a little bit on that. Like we heard, and I think we heard this from uh, Charlie Miller, the man, the myth, the legend himself, that when the band went to New York, they turned into a rock band. Like they weren't the Grateful Dead that we know and love. So I wonder if this is part of that trend where they're I would say kind that's of definitely fair. Yeah, like 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 maybe they're just leaving the California stuff behind. And I mean, they're in Stony Brook, New York. I'm not even sure where that is, but they're at a SUNY at a gym. <laughs> Um, yeah. I could see them just bringing the rock rather than like trying to get real experimental. Um, that's kind of my like, thing. Is yeah. they're also not really bringing the rock. It's a little mm. too mellow for me to call them a rock band right now. Okay, I don't know what it is. This just doesn't. It was kind of okay. country, yeah. Like, yeah, there's definitely a country twang to this whole night. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, okay. I'll, I'll let you it. talk though. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. It's okay. It's a discussion-based podcast. Um, 
so yeah, a slow, slinky smokestack to ease us into the late show. It's a, it's a pretty standard affair for for Grateful Dead smokestacks. Uh, with a tasty Jerry solo. Definitely worth checking out for that. Um, then we get to beat it on down the line. Do we count how many beats they played? I did. It was only I... two. That's right. Ding, 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 ding. I have, <laughs> I have never heard so few beats at the beginning of beat it on down the line. Um, a fun rendition, uh, especially impressively nimble drum work from Kreutzmann on this one. I really liked what he was bringing here. Um, and then, yeah... Th- I don't know. It's a fun China Cat. There's nothing much of note except for the first band, uh, the first jam getting a weird texture, te- texturally, um, into a very tight I Know You Rider. Like, this is, this is around the point that I start thinking, like, everything is played right. There's no wrong notes. There's no bad song. This just doesn't have that sense of adventure that I come mm. to the dead, especially Primal Dead for. Um, it just, they're really aren't a lot of risks being taken and that's fine uh, you know it leads to a very tight performance but it doesn't inspire me to to keep listening um then we get to a, a pretty zippy friend of the devil i, I really you know it, it sounds pretty close to the studio version it's four minutes long not much improv it, it was good um and then trucking is is fun again it's a pretty standard affair until we get to the jam the jam doesn't get weird, but it gets quiet, which is honestly an interestingly different space for trucking. Usually that mid-trucking jam is about kind of building to that big moment, but that big moment never quite comes. Instead, they let it go to a really small moment, and I thought that was honestly really cool. My only gripe with this trucking is that I wish they played a little more after the last verse. It, it, Jerry was playing some cool licks, and it felt like they had a good couple of minutes left in them. Anyway, for the most part, with this show leaning into shorter renditions of these tunes, I was feeling a little unfulfilled. If there is an exception to this rule, it is Candyman. Candyman is one of my highlights of this show. Really, I really like the Candyman. I think it's just because the mellow vibe is already so close to how Candyman already is uh, that this was working for me. And again, we're in the the uh, American Beauty is about to come out world. I think it's no accident that they played Friend of the Devil, Truckin' and Candyman all back to back. And then didn't say go buy our album in true Grateful Dead fashion. <laughs> um, I forgot. Yeah. But Candyman has a great Jerry vocal, some pretty nice harmonies. It sounds honestly about as close to the American Beauty version as you'll ever get out of Live Dead. Um, and I enjoyed it in that regard. I also really liked the Hurts Me Too. It was relatively mellow in the underscoring, but a passionate vocal delivery from Pig. Uh, an awesome harmonica solo, really enjoyed. Um, now, now, if there is one song that felt like the Grateful Dead to me, it is Dancing in the Street. Yeah. That, this is what I come to the Grateful Dead for. Dancing in the Street is without question the best part of this show in my I was going to say humble opinion, but in my incredibly smug opinion, um, it's, it's just a very good jam. It is very reactive and dynamic. Everybody is able to play off each other and play off what each other are doing without ever losing that sense of, of groove, of dancing. It, it's a very fun, very interesting rendition of the song, and it, I, I just wish more songs tonight sounded like what they were doing on Dancing in the Street. When Big Railroad Blues started, my first note is just, what the hell is going on? 
Yeah. It was a different. It was like an almost polka-y groove on the backing of Big Railroad Blues. I, I wrote showdown. Yeah, exactly. It, and again, this isn't a problem. It's just different and weird, and uh, it's worth it for the Jerry solo. But it's uh, an odd vibe for this song that I'm not quite sure works. Um, Steven is good. It's well played. I don't know if I've ever. I I might get my Deadhead card taken away for that. This, but I don't know if I've ever heard the glockenspiel on the St. Stephen Bridge. That was an interesting sound to throw in. Um, it gets uh, it gets really nice and spacey in the jam before the, the last verse. It almost gets lost as they get back into the riff, but they find their way home. It's really cool. Uh, and then uh, a short and sweet, not fade away, with a very subtle transition into an honestly quiet going down the road feeling bad. I don't know if I've yeah. ever heard a going down the road feeling bad this quiet. And not like it starts quiet so that it can build big. Like it stays in that mellow quiet world pretty much the whole time. Um, but a lovely and we bid you good night, taking us back into a cool not fade away. And then a very slick transition into turn on your love light. Um, as I always say, I liked the 22 minute turn on your love light. I thought the energy from Pig was really good. The, cr- the crowd was like eating out of his hand during this. The bit yeah. with the call and response. The crowd was getting so into it. Um, Pig's rap, it was, you know, it's the usual pig pen rap affair. I always love when he, he tells you to stop playing pocket pool. Um, the, the line that really got me tonight, he at one point went, I'm going to tell you about my old lady. I'm not going to tell you all about my old lady. That's kind of private business. <laughs> um, but this Has this ta- love light, yeah, go ahead, yeah. Go ahead. Um, this this love light, I think, is especially fun to hear how the band underscores Pigpen's rap. This to me felt like a much more dynamic. The, there are some, there are some versions of Love Light where you can kind of hear the band going. I wish he stopped talking five minutes ago. <laughs> This is a version where they were super into what he was saying, and they were super into supporting that. There's a lot of really cool stuff going on in the jam underneath the rap. Bob's guitar parts are all over the place, and it's very fun. Um, I definitely, I mean, I'll spoil my feelings on the upcoming segment. I liked the late show better than the early show, for sure. Um, I'm not huge on either, but I think the late show was at least worth checking out. Anyway, what do you think, Fig? Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about uh, one show versus the other. But um, let's get into my little um, little comments about the individual songs. Uh, Smokestack was uh, kind of a cool, slinky version. Um, there's some decent slide work by Jerry, and I think even Bobby was on slide too. Um, so that was kind of cool to hear them uh, being the two-headed monster there on guitar. Uh, beat it on down the line. I think two beats is probably going to be as few beats as we'll ever hear. So that's kind of interesting. Uh, and just for the audience's sake, uh, every time the band plays Beat It Down the Line, uh, I guess someone at some point calls out a number and the band plays that many numbers. And it can go on to like, what's, I don't know what the record is. I'm sure Knob does. So, I think it's, <laughs> I hate that I know this off the top of my head, but there's one year on Mickey's birthday. I want to say it's his 45th birthday. And that's the number they yell out. And they do 45 ah. beats for 45 years of Mickey Hart. Love it. Some some people say they're still beaten to this day. Um, beaten on down the line. Okay, so this is part of like the cowboy stuff that's going on. Bob starts singing in this weird plaintive 
sounding voice like like I guess it was kind of country, but it just sounded not great. Uh, we get into China Rider. Uh, the drumming was very interesting. It must have been Mickey Hart because it was like big, thumping, sparse. You know, almost sounded tribal drumming mm. for China. Very Mickey. Um, Jerry has some really tasty and fun licks in, in the first uh, jam. There, uh, I really like this version. Uh, felt like fe- felt very Almond Brothersy. Uh, for China, Ryder was just okay. Um, the northbound train, if I had to rate the northbound train portion, you know, when Jerry says, I wish I were a headlight on the northbound train, usually he goes up, and I know this is one of Nob's favorite segments. I would have only rated about a 2 out of 10. Yeah. Uh, he just kind of, you know, mentions that he wish he were a headlight. There's no a- emphasis on that. Uh, we get into Friend of the Devil. This was a real, real country fried version. Uh, some really great guitar work, because it was pretty fast. So I, you know, I uh, admire what they were doing on Friend of the Devil there. Truckin again was very laid back, uh, including Bobby's vocals, so very different from the earlier set. And there was a sweet jam that was pleasant, but ultimately didn't really go anywhere besides where you expected it, which was back to the chorus. Candyman, I just wrote was okay, and I remember being like, "Oh, I got to listen to Candyman," you know, again. And I remember listening again. I was like, "Yeah, it's just okay." So we disagree on that knob. Uh, hurts me too. Gonna, I thought this we're was... gonna fight about that after the recording. We're gonna <laughs> yeah, physically. Absolutely. We're gonna take it outside. No, we're too exhausted because uh, the hits keep coming and we have another show to listen to. <laughs> That's true. Um, That's true. Yeah, yeah. It's like a pie eating contest where the prize is more pie. Uh, hurts me too was great. Uh, again, Jerry was doing uh, some Clapton stuff, uh, which I really liked that he was doing it. Like, I, like when I say that, like you know, there's emulation going on. I think it's great because Jerry can do it. It's not like. You know, your friend who had a Clapton book that he got from, you know, the Barnes and Noble and he learned how to play Clapton. It's like, it's good. It's like, it's, it's, it's good stuff. And I also liked uh, Pigpen singing on Hurts Me Too. And yeah, and then we get into dancing and Bobby, this was a great song. I just wrote a little quote from Bobby. Why don't you all get up and dance for a while? Which, I mean, probably yeah. because they played Candyman Hurts Me Too. They were probably all sitting right before they were playing Dancing, which was really up-tempo. And it was really fun. I wrote that it was a proto-disco version in the instrumental section. And then I wrote, actually, this is probably proto-eyes at around 5.15 um, in the track there. And at one point, I don't know if anybody caught this, but it morphed into a Cosmic Charlie melody. It was, mm-hmm. you know, kind of the the rhythm playing it, but it was the melody for Co- Cosmic Charlie just in you know, blocky chords. It's kind of cool to hear. Yeah. And the last one that I really have any substance for is Big Railroad Blues. This was rockabilly style. Jerry was slurring the vocals. Like, this just sounded like more like cowboy music. Uh, turned to a hoedown. An interesting version. I love this song. This is not the greatest. St. Stephen, I don't have much for. Not Fade Away, not much. Uh, going Down the Road, Feeling Bad, and Not Fade Away, not much. Love Light, um, yeah, I, I would love to see, and I'm sure it's on YouTube somewhere, of just... Pigpen doing his thing because I, you know, typically he will do the the rap and he'll do pocket pool. And he'll talk about you know actually, you know, looking to your brothers and sisters and you know extending a hand, mostly your sisters, and you know introducing yourself. And yeah, that's all you know, kind of well worn territory. But this one was interesting in the sense that he was actually picking people out of the crowd and being like, you know, stand up, like have fun, like go crazy, and and he did that like for quite some time. So I'd like to see him doing his thing. Uh, I think that'd be cool. Uh, probably not going to uh, actively search that out, but that would be cool. I think. Uh, game. Why don't you? Uh, why don't you let us know your thoughts? Uh, Smokestack was good. Beat it on down the line was good. 
trying to cat. I know you, writer. Spoiler alert. Good. Uh, a friend of the devil was good. Uh, trucking. Eh. This is um. Wow. Earlier to earlier today when I listened to this, I said, "Oh, I'm listening to uh, trucking," and then trucking too. It was very and Norm then... Macdonald. <laughs> yeah, and then. It was like I don't even know what the hell was different between truck and one, and, <laughs> and my first instinct was, well, truck and one had to be like two or three minutes long. It was no, it was like eight, and truck. And oh, two oh, oh! Like, I, two or three and, minutes longer. It was yeah. two minutes longer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Truck and one was longer. It was a little and then, longer. Yeah. And then I'm like, what? So then I started questioning a whole bunch of stuff. So. Yeah, I I don't know. It didn't really grab me. Um Candyman, great. Um always love yeah. Candyman. Um that means it hurts. I win. <laughs> <laughs> um good night for Pigpen. It hurts me too. I agree. Awesome. Uh, dancing yeah. in the street, good. Big railroad, good. Uh and here is where I was bad podcast go host and I actually dropped off. I did not Listen to the end from State Stephen through Love Light, though I probably wow. wouldn't have liked the Love Light. So it's probably good that I stopped where I did. <laughs> All right, oh. so I'm going to uh, pick it up. And typically, well, uh, at one point we thought it'd be a good idea to have a rate the Scarlet Fire. Uh, but we never get Scarlet Fires anymore. It's been <laughs> months and months. So I thought of a new segment here and because this was, you know, a set one, set two, early set, late set kind of night and we actually got trucking. Did we get any other double played songs? Nope. Just trucking. Okay. Just trucking. So I guess trucking was like the new hit single. Um, I decided to, and I'm, I, uh, we're looking at the show sheet here. If you guys could just look over at the show sheet, I'm going to reveal our brand new segment. And it's really just going to be for tonight. And it's going to be called The Mother Trucker. Nice. Who, thank you, who, um, essentially, which version, uh, game and knob, was your mother trucker? Was it the first set or was it the second set? And being the mother trucker is good? Yes. (laughs) Okay. Of course it's good. Come on. I'm trying to play the game. Yeah, I just want to make sure I understand the rules of the game before I play. <laughs> my Damn. mother, my mother trucker of a set. Uh, well, it's it's which trucking version is... was your favorite? Yeah, which was the mother trucker? I mean, the second trucking made game lose his faith in reality, so I feel like we know the answer there. Yeah. Wait, is uh, that a good thing or or a not good thing? Good question. On this, good question. I don't, I don't know. On don't this know. podcast, I don't know if lose faith in reality with but this it, fan base is a good thing or a bad thing. It, it, it has to be the second one because it's the only one I really remember. Okay. Knobbers. Um, I definitely think it's the first one. The first one has the the pre-song jam that I thought was a lot of fun. And in general, I thought the the jamming was a little more inspired in the earlier truck and then the later. 
Uh, yeah, and I'm I'm not going to be petty and disagree with you, uh, although I could and and make it so that yeah, for I win once. <laughs> <laughs> I will I will agree with you. I did like uh, the first one better. Just had yeah, they were just more in the trucking mood. I think uh, in the in the early show rather than the second show. So that's all I got. That's the mother trucker for the night. Thank you for playing. Wow. I'll kick it back over to. I can't game. wait to do this again next week. No, we will not have this ever again. I don't. I don't think. So this is the one and only mother truck. Yeah, oh, but I think we should keep it in the show sheet every week, just in case. I mean, we could change MVP to who was the mother trucker. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. Um, Let's kick that around. I'm just going to make this a blanket statement because I think I know the the answer. Uh, has this show made anyone's Book of the Dead? No. No. Yeah, no here. Too. Nope. Um, which show? Yeah. Better. Um, Nob, I'll send it to you first. I mean, I'd said it in my segment, but I much preferred the late show over the early show. Hmm. Uh, Though Fig. I did enjoy the good loving in the, the early show a lot. Fig, yeah. early or late? Man, I don't know. They got that dancing in the second show. That's that's what it comes down to for me. For me, the yeah. highlight of the night is the dancing in the streets. And that's that, that is factual. Um game, why don't you go? Uh I'm going late show. He's late show. Yeah. Alright, well that doesn't matter what I say. <laughs> what, what I would say? I will go I would go with the early show. Okay. I think as a show, I actually appreciated the early show better. Uh any show that starts with me thinking God Jerry's voice sounds incredible, like you just gotta do sure. that one. But that's that's it. That's it. That's fine. I'll you know. It's a democracy, I get it. I'm just gonna change everybody's votes tomorrow. I was just gonna say that <laughs> that is not what we said out loud. All right, all right. <laughs> all right. Show MVP. Uh I'm gonna kick us off with that. Uh and I'm gonna go with Pigpen. Um mm. I normally get annoyed with Pigpen, uh, but I really enjoyed Pigpen's work this evening. So Pigpen is my show MVP. Uh, Fig, show MVP. Um, I'll go with Jerry just for that. God, Jerry's voice sounds incredible. Uh, little statement that I made there. Yeah, thank you. And Nob. Um. Okay. I mean. My two big contenders are, are Pigpen and Bill Kreutzman. And so I think because you game said Pigpen, I will give it to our boy Billy right. uh, and say that, that Bill Kreutzman is my MVP of the night. BK. Bob also had a really good night. Also, shout out to Bob, the birthday boy. Well, oh, he'll be hearing well, this next week, obviously. Which of course. Of course. His birthday. Now, now, I mean, I he listens say to about... every episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, we have no Reddit comments this week, and it's strange. Like, I would expect there to be Reddit comments for this week, but I, I'm really noticing trends where the Primal Dead is not commented on so much as the later shows. Uh, hmm. so yeah. I feel like the I feel like the 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 Primal Dead comments all live on like the archive. Alt dot binaries dot grateful dead. Oh, that's a that's a that's a that's a, that's a really really interesting thought. Yeah, like Reddit's not the forum for the 
for that generation of deadheads. Yeah, I, I wonder. That's, that's very interesting, actually. Uh, th- th- there, there's probably internet news groups that exist yet from when, like, the Great well, I would say still touring. I would have oh. to think somewhere. Uh, yeah. yeah. Maybe I should hunt for that for the next show. Hmm. That's awesome. I mean, hey. the archive has a lot of the archive has a lot of like aughts and teens comments, and and you you you'll find some older heads there. But yeah, I, you're right. I don't think they're circulating around Reddit. No, um, no. 90s kids, 80s kids, definitely. Um, next week, we are back to the 80s. Uh, no, uh, not November. Uh, September 3rd, <laughs> 1985, from the Starlight Theater in Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, a Tuesday, a, a lovely Tuesday in Kansas City. Um, looks like we get another big railroad blues. Um, we get another smokestack, another trucking. Um, set to opens with cryptical. It's interesting. Yes, yeah, that's the final fold yeah, that's that's the final... for the other ones. Yeah. Uh, what is don't need love? Think? What is don't need love? Is I that believe that's Brent one of the tune? Brent songs. I believe that's one of the Brent songs that was tried in the mid '80s and never <laughs> oh. quite found itself. It was don't need love and. Uh, Maybe you know. There's probably a third oh. one, but those are the two big ones that stand out in my brain. Games like a hidden Brent song, a hidden gem, a uh, hidden gem. This looks like a good show. Um, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like the I like the mid '80s. Yeah, don't uh, uh, don't ease me in. Set one ender, uh, a baby blue encore. Uh, oh, baby blue encore! Oh, I love it. That's my favorite encore. Yeah. Um, Delicious. Oh, it should be pretty good. It should be yeah. really good. Uh, so let's go ahead and do our bookkeeping for the evening because my ass is ready for bed. Absolutely. Um, as always, please go ahead and smash that subscribe button and like and share with any and all of your Grateful Dead loving friends and family. You may find us at wherever podcasts are downloaded. However, not one that, li- that loosely rhymes with Gordon Notify. So if you happen to use a service that rhymes with Gordon Notify, you won't find us on that one. Uh, you may find us on the web directly at helponthewaypod.podbean.com. You may email us at helponthewaypod at gmail.com. You may communicate with us on Reddit at reddit.com slash gratefuldead. You may also watch us on YouTube, uh, and there is a big burst of uploads coming within the next two or three days of All this right. um, uploading. Uh, that is youtube.com slash helponthewaypod, and the kick channel, kick.com slash channel. Knob or Fig, any parting words for our friends for the evening? Uh. All right, I'll I'll tell you about my lady. Well, I I won't tell y'all about my lady. That's that's mm-hmm. personal business. It's pretty good. Uh, why don't y'all stand up and get up and dance for a while? And on you that will get note, up and dance for a while to the second set. <laughs> we thank you for <laughs> listening to the Help on the Way podcast. Oh,
kind of changes trying to get her to go home with you, and you blow. I'll tell you what you do. All you got to do is say, say, hey, what's your name? That's fuck. 
special little surprise for you. 